And welcome into the Paul Farrington Show, our week 10 reaction show. Paul joined by Jack Weinberger, Robert Ziggy Ziegler at the University of Virginia, and Zach Bloomquist, the best executive producer in the game, in the sweatshirt again. Can't yeah. get him out of that. Yeah, no. I mean, it's a fantastic It's a great sweatshirt. sweatshirt. Yeah. People talk about it all the time. You could get it at Kohl's. This is not a Kohl's sponsorship, but we're waiting for one. We went out. We on, would love uh, a Kohl's one. We went out Friday night in, in Manhattan, and Zach was in his sweater. And was he in this one? This, uh, well, this very sweater. Can you can you show it on screen right now? And I'm so like, you were wearing this. Uh, I I wore it to our friend's house, and then our other friend said, "Nah, you gotta oh, take dude. it off." But you know what's shame? I look at one of our buddies, and I'm like, "Is that gonna have a hell of a night tonight?" If you know what I mean. But then he didn't wear the sweater out. I'm like, "Nah, it's not there." Swing anymore. and a miss. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. All right, Zach. It'll, it'll be for next week. All right, say uh, yeah, you, yeah, you got to go out in that. Thing. I do. Next I week, people love place. New York City. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know where to find us. <laughs> you, know where, you know where to find us on a Friday night. If you want autographs, uh, we'll be signing them. Hey, you want to come to Carol's place next weekend? Manhattan? We'll see. We'll see. No, no, no. Hey, I've got to see if my schedule is open. Sweatshirts. I do have to grade. Ziggy and I went to... You guys went to Carol Hall. To Carol Hall. So we have Carol sweatshirts. I mean... I do not have think, a Carol sweatshirt. Oh, well, I, do. I can't think of a better place to wear it than, than Carol's than place. Carol's place. I, I just got to ask, Ziggy, do you see yourself right now? Yeah, I see myself. Okay, just make sure. <laughs> well, you got a problem on the spot no, no, producer. No, 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 you're good. So, you got a problem? Uh, no, no. So Friday night was great, as as you can tell for us. Saturday night, even better. Cap of the week, seven straight. Unbelievable, unbelievable streak. Appreciate it. I, I, was, I was thrilled to uh, to have our guy Aaron Murray tailing this week. I mean, Aaron, that was uh, that meant a lot. Always tails. But next week got a little surprise for Aaron Murray. But we'll get to that then. But the, uh, go dogs. The, the cap is going for eight straight. Unprecedented. I, I don't know. Have you ever been this hot in gambling before? I'm used to this. Yeah. Yeah. This is. No, oh. no. Honestly, no, I've not. No, no, no. Jack has. I've, been, I've witnessed it. Well, we've baseball. seen. Actually, you're right. Baseball, baseball. I really thrive in baseball. College basketball, too. Yeah. I, I, I've gotten this hot before, but not in college football. Yeah, never hit seven. This, this is how you know Jack is good at gambling is when the sports that he excels in are college basketball and baseball. <laughs> like the two most solved, hardest to gamble. Like, I would never recommend anyone doing it because the NFL, right? Like, there's so much casual money on that. You don't know. You know, it's funny. Like, I host an NFL podcast here, and NFL is probably my worst. Well, NFL is it's it's, my it's worst hard, sport. It's hard to bet. It's it's really hard to bet. Yeah. And uh, go ahead, Ziggy. Did you want to say something? I was going to say, just look at my game picks. I'm an NFL expert and see how I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do here, we're each going to pick a game similar to the preview show where we each go to the game of the week, in our opinion, or whatever game we want to talk about. We're going to do that here as well, and we're going to start out with Ziggy because apparently he has some pretty hot takes about a certain quarterback in the AFC. I mean, first of all, I got to say, if you listen to this preview show last week, what did I say? I said the Texans are going to win this game, and C.J. Stroud will be entering the MVP conversation, so get him at 150-1 to while you can. Well, let me tell you something. After going into Cincinnati and beating the Bengals, putting together yet another game-winning drive, C.J. Stroud is not going to be at 150 to one this weekend. He's played like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this year. He's consistently showed up when his teams needed it. And like beating the, you know, before this, you could say, okay, well, what teams has C.J. Stroud really beat? You know, he beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were three and five. They're not very good. The Saints, the Steelers. The Jaguars, like some of the bottom feeders oh, in the on, NFL. Come on, The Jaguars and Steelers are, are both AFC playoff <laughs> six, contenders. Six, six, I'm, I'm maximally uncharitable, right? This is somebody who is trying to disrespect CJ Stroud. This is what they might say. Okay, okay. Going into the jungle and beating Joe Burrow, who's healthy, 
and Jamar Chase and the Cincinnati Bengals, you cannot ignore that. So I've been really impressed of how he's played. He's made everyone around him better. And listen to these stats for the season. So far, through what? This is his ninth game. 26-26 yards passing. 17 touchdowns. Two interceptions. So we can talk about this a little bit after we've discussed the game. But I genuinely think right now, going into next week, C.J. Stroud is a top six quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> I, he has convinced me that much. And I know, Jack, you're looking uncomfortable, but the results speak for themselves. What this guy has come in and done is close to unprecedented. Well, think about the end of this game, too. The The interception that he throws is such a bad pick. I know that you, Jack is particularly upset about that throw. Up 10, you can't have it. You can't have them return that to the three-yard line. And Mixon plugs it in. Next thing you know, Bengals get the ball back and, and have a chance to take the lead. And if not for the Tyler Boyd, I didn't get a great look at that play. Was it? It was actually a drop. I thought it wide open. Was all his hands dropped. If he catches the ball, the Bengals win the game. So 27-27. But what do we keep seeing from C.J. Stroud? And it's something we haven't seen from Jordan Love this year. I think you can compare the two of them in well, late game situations. Yeah, he almost did it today. C.J. Stroud, time and time again, gets the job done when it matters most. I know they lost the Atlanta game, but drove down the field. Got the touchdown there. He did it last week against Tampa. I saw a replay of that game. I mean, dude, the throws on that final drive, the whole day against Tampa Bay was amazing, but that final drive was insane. To do it against Cincinnati, who a lot of us here said might be the best team in football going into this week. Well, I think I said it was them or the Ravens. It was just unbelievably impressive to see him stay composed, especially after an interception like that. I, I have been blown away every single week at how Stroud seems to top himself from miraculous performance after miraculous win. Pause. It's... <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Keep going. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> Carry on. Okay. Okay. You're on a roll, too. I yeah, I was on a roll. See, Carry... I mean... I'm sorry. CJ Stroud is blowing my rec- freaking mind, I forgot man. we're recording. <laughs> no, the... Uh, I, no, I, I've, been, I've been blown away. And, and, and Ziggy, I wanted to ask you... Because I'm going to leave Jack out of this for just a second to let him collect himself. <laughs> okay. If you look at the two schedules for Jacksonville and Houston, Jacksonville lost today to San Francisco, and uh, they currently hold a one-game lead over the Texans, who beat Jacksonville earlier this year. Texans have, listen to this, this is crazy. Texans have the Cardinals, Jacksonville at home, the Broncos, Jets, Titans, the Browns, Titans, Colts. I mean, that's where win- yeah, winnable. Favored in every single one of those games, except maybe Maybe Cleveland, and that's that's a home game for Jack uh, for Houston. The Jaguars, Tennessee at Houston, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Baltimore at Tampa, Carolina, Tennessee. Right now, uh, if I had to put money on it, I would pick the Texans to win the AFC South. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah. Again, I Crazy. I hate I hate to boast, but af- a few weeks ago, after we saw C.J. Stroud put together that incredible performance, I said Texans plus eight hundred absolute steal and i mean yeah at this point i haven't seen it'll take a while for the odds makers to update but it's got to at least be close and it's worth noting too as you said the jaguars have to come into houston and you know the fans are going to show up for that one right we've seen it in our comments we've seen it the way houston fans are talking about things this is has to be the most excited they've been in a long time i mean hundreds and hundreds of days have passed moons and suns and the texans fans have been down and sad and depressed I mean, and here comes this rookie from Ohio State. 
it's rejuvenating since, uh, an entire city. It's since when is it? They they got that that four seed and lost to the Raiders, right? The, That's the last time they were there. Are, in the uh, I can't remember. Was it was the last time when they lost to the Chiefs? The collapse in Arrowhead. I can't remember their last playoff appearance. Oh, that was with Watson. That was yeah, yeah, that was it. that, that was, was tough that to was watch. It, so it. sorry to bring that back up for. I love how Stroud did the uh, the the O the OH. H to the crowd yeah. today. Oh my gosh, it's it's awesome. It's there. There are not many teams to that's better to be a fan of right now than the Houston Texans. Like, you deserve to boast. Have your boasting yeah, moment. Yeah, have your I mean, moment. Have man. your boasting have your moment. moment. I mean, I when I make picks that hit, I boast. You boast. I mean, in you deserve August, to boast. Could you, you deserve to boast? Could you imagine if you showed us in August a clip of our future selves talking about the Houston Texans like this? With now, a rookie I, quarterback, rookie head coach. I mean, it's insane. I uh, in this game, and this is gonna send Texans fans to the comments. I mean, this is yeah, this is for Texans fans. You know, you could you could probably I uh, relax here. I'm um, I'm pausing. I was anti CJ Stroud today, believe it or not. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if we're gonna give flowers for game winning drives, let's give them to Kenny Pickett. He has them all the time. We'll get there. He had a great drive. <laughs> He had a great drive, won the game. But this was so much more on Joe Burrow and the Bengals' offense being horrible late and the Texans' defense making plays and the Texans' defense getting lucky than C.J. Stroud winning the game. It was a 10-point game. Stroud makes the worst throw I've ever seen. Let's the Bengals back in the game. I, I, you know, I, I, I oh. completely so, Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sneezing all over. Ziggy's like a I'm, I'm allergic to bad takes. Burrow throws a pick <laughs> in the end zone down by 10. Then Boyd drops a wide open touchdown. Here's, here, here, here. Is like this it, fair to say? Is this fair to say the Bengals missed like, on several like, opportunities? Like Stroud's drive was good. Yeah, game winning drive, great, awesome stuff. But the Bengals threw that game away. Stroud gave it to him, and the Bengals threw it away. No, no, the the Bengals missed the opportunity with Boyd. They had the interception too. Yeah, hard. You have to, yeah, you have like, to acknowledge that. But the two times that they were really tested after the Chase sixty four yard touchdown. And then at the end of the game, after throwing a horrible pick, which I think even all Texans fans will say, that was a terrible throw, bad decision. He came back and got the job done. After the yes, after but, the chase touchdown, Texans touchdown. I know, but I don't think that down by four points, he would have gotten the end zone. So, like, Probably. maybe not, right? And I get all of that. But it's, easy, but, it's easy to go and kick a field goal. But he did what he... Uh, it's not easy. Not that, against, that is not easy not to do. Quarterbacks fail it all I, the time. Like, we're talking about one of the most creative and best defenses in the NFL. And like, look, I get why you're fixating on this interception, but it's his second interception all season, right? It's not like he's throwing these very often. Surely going into Cincinnati, he gets one bad throw. That's basically all he had today. Okay, that, that, that's fair. That's a fair point. I'm not knocking the drive on his overall performance. I just think that this Texans win overall was more so Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense being horrendous okay. in opportunity. Like, I think if yeah, Burrow yeah. catches the touchdown pass, we're not sitting here talking about the Texans at all. The yeah, Bengals no, no, no. That, that's, that's fair to say that Cincinnati gave the game away in some regards. Also, credit the Texans' defense. Like, since no, he, Texans, I, I thought the Texans did a great Like, job. since he scored a touchdown on the first drive, right? And then they only had 30 more yards the rest of the whole half in the first It half. was crazy. They were quiet until the fourth quarter. Like, Stroud, also, like, good game, great drive. But I do not believe that it, this was all him today. Okay, that no, it's, it definitely wasn't. The Texans, as a team, played a very good football game. And the Bengals had, had some missed But this is what you want to see if you're a Texans fan, going up against one of the best AFC teams, one of the best teams in the NFL. You can go toe-to-toe with them. That's what you're learning right now, is that the Texans, unbelievably, are able to go and beat, beat up on the Jaguars, who some people think are one of the better teams in the league. Uh, beat well, the Bengals on the road. Like, these games, it's, it's really impressive what they're doing. 
I mean, if you're talking about what the ceiling is for this Texans team, I get that playoff football is different, but the ability to go into Cincinnati, when Cincinnati, they've been talking all week, they weren't overlooking this game. To be able to go into Cincinnati, into one of the harder home field environments and beat a genuine Super Bowl contender, I don't know what the ceiling for this team is now if they can go and do that. Oh, let me say this too, because I think this is absolutely hysterical. (laughs) Ziggy and I were talking about this off air. CJ Stroud, if you compare him right now, is probably having the would be having the best season in the history of the Chicago Bears for a quarterback. And you go no Bears look, quarterback I mean, has ever thrown thirty <laughs> touchdowns. Did like Jake Culler have a good year? Like, I mean, I'm looking at the greatest years for Chicago quarterbacks. Eric Kramer in 1995 had 3,800 yards, 29 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. That looks like probably the best season ever for a Bear quarterback. I could be wrong. Uh, Jay Cutler had one year, 28 touchdowns, 18 picks. One year, 27 touchdowns, 26 picks, never over 4,000 yards. What is Stroud at right now? C.J. Stroud currently is on pace for like 4,200 yards and 29 touchdowns 20 with touchdowns. four interceptions. Yeah, so this so this is the best season in the history of Chicago Bears quarterback. I mean, play. Ziggy had me dying today when, uh, when I'm like, guys, like, relax, please. And Ziggy Seek texts me back. He's like, you're just jealous. He'd be the best quarterback in Steelers history. <laughs> no, like the way this guy is playing, right? I, I, I get that. But like to, back-to-back games, he put together what? A combined like 870 yards and seven touchdowns with one interception. I mean, I don't know. He's CJ playing. Stroud is also saving our show. No, no, Str- <laughs> he's, he's, we C- love this guy. CJ Stroud is, is, is very, very good. Like for sure. But... Did Austin Eckler score? Yep. Parlay hit. Nice. Anytime TD Zach. Another hit for Zach. A, a three timer. Three t- three team parlay hits. That Charger Lion game right now is oh, it's crazy. Ins- it's insane. It's 24 16 in the first half. We'll talk about that soon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we can uh, talk about that. Yeah. No, my bottom line is, is again, Stroud is very, 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 very good. And the Texans have their guy, like, for sure. He's awesome. But I think today was a game where Stroud tried to give it to the Bengals and the Bengals couldn't capitalize. And it was more of that than Stroud himself. Okay. Okay. I will now take take over uh, with my game. And <laughs> the Vikings never make it easy, man. It can never just be simple as a Vikings fan. Here we're sitting at 27-3, and I am, I'm standing up in my basement going, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to curse on the show real quick. I'm like, fuck the Saints, man. Fuck the Saints. I, I hate New Orleans. And I was loving the Josh Dobbs show. Winston was okay, though. When, when, box score, when you look at the box score, people will say, yeah, Winston was, was okay. I mean, actually, maybe not. Two interceptions, 122 yards, 13 for 25. Even his touchdown, two touchdowns. Um, even his, uh, I mean, both his touchdowns were ridiculous catches. But I'm watching this Vikings team in the first half. And Jack's texting, they can win it all. Jack's texting our group chat saying, this team can go to the Super Bowl. Josh Dobbs looked unbelievable in the first half of this game, doing it with his legs, doing it with his arm. Um, I really do think that Kevin O'Connell needs to get some coach of the year consideration right now because what he's doing, at one point the Vikings trotted out Dobbs, Ty Chandler, Brandon Powell, and Jordan Addison. Those were our skill players. I mean, TJ Hawkinson is freaking Superman out there. He's getting the crap kicked out of him every single week, and he's, he's just been fantastic. But this Vikings team, they're finding a way to win with a ragtag group of offensive skill players at the moment. And Kevin O'Connell has been honestly brilliant for Minnesota. Uh, but this was a game where, where the Vikings jump all over new Orleans early 
And then in the second half, of course, you start to see those Vikings characteristics where they didn't even play particularly bad. Would you guys agree with that? Like It wasn't, wasn't like they were playing horrible. It was just New Orleans had these drives where saved by a penalty or ridiculous catch. Something crazy kept happening over and over again. And it never felt like the Saints were taking over the game. It was just, yeah, the Vikings were making Vikings-esque mistakes. Luckily, we're able to come away with the 27-19 win, and we move to 6-4. and four. Five straight wins. Yeah, this was this was a game that uh, I said on the previous show that you're at home in the playoff contention or playoff hopefuls. You have to win this game. And I know it ended up being an eight-point game you know, on, on, the, on the box score, but this was really, for the most part, a, a, a dominating performance in my eyes from Minnesota. Yeah. And I was surprised by that. Josh Dobbs had his moments where I'm like, dang, he looks like good. he's enjoying this. He wants to be here. He's rejuvenated. He's a man possessed. He looks good. That one power, the one possession where he he took off, scrambled to his left, stuck the ball out, and got in him the to, end to go up twenty seven three. I think it's twenty seven three. It, 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 that put us up. Um, that put us up seventeen seventeen three. Yes. And I'm like, that's we don't see that in the Minnesota offense with Kirk Cousins. That's a new dynamic that he's, no, it, that it he's been, been amazing. Bringing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was. I was impressed. I thought Dobbs, for the most part, played very well. Like you said, the Saints were lucky to get it close because it was a real pain in the ass for them to get up the field. They were getting pretty lucky. There's fourth down conversions, like, like yeah. ridiculous it, Olave, and uh, I, I can't remember their like A.T. Perry was, was first game, first touchdown. Addison's fantastic. There was never really a point where I'm like, the Saints are going to make this at all interesting and that was a bit of a statement there at home for i'm starting to believe and that's what's really scary yeah it could be, that could be scary. I, i'm starting to believe and that second half was exactly i mean the exact thing to maybe sober me up enough to to, to be wary of what i'm getting invested I mean, in addison is awesome he's unbelievable addison is, he is unbelievable. crazy good but ziggy where, where where are you right now are you are you all in on hey let's go win this thing man why not <laughs> Josh Dobbs is a genuine Minnesota Vikings quarterback, right? I text you that over and over again because he knows exactly the beats to play, right? He's only been in town for like 10 (laughs) days and he, from getting the huge lead to almost getting the collapse to just barely squeaking out a win that should have been by three or more scores. He knows what he's doing, but it's that last part. That's the most important, right? You can just see it when Dobbs is on the field, right? The way he sees the field, the way he processes things. I get that we'd like to see him throw a little bit more and scramble a little bit less, but he consistently finds ways to get it done. And it's not like the Saints defense is bad, right? There are a lot of good good players on this defense. So the fact that he was able to get it done and put up points when we needed to, again, three points in the second half, not very exciting, but 21 points in a quarter, more exciting. I mean, if you're this Vikings team, right? Justin Jefferson's coming back. KJ Osborne's coming back. Like the offense just gets better from here. Absolutely ride it out. This is a team that looks more dangerous than you might think, given some of the players that you listed. Well, I mean, the receivers coming back are huge for them. And with one thing that Vikings fans, a couple of Vikings fans may have noticed too, I think we may have discovered a new threat in Ty Chandler at running back. You know, he's been, he was a preseason guy for a long time in his career here. He's performed really well. And Alexander Masson getting a little banged up. He's been just okay this year. Ty Chandler came in, and even though he finished 15 carries for 45 yards and a touchdown, but he had a few runs where, yeah, we haven't seen that explosion from the running back position all season long. He's going to get more and more invested in this offense. The Vikings are going to give him the ball 
I wouldn't be surprised if he actually takes over for Madison uh, in a couple weeks here. Uh, so I think that's another really exciting element to the offense. And we have to remember, Dobbs is not Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins really is one of the best throwers in the league. Every ball is on the money. There will be times where Dobbs just misses or is a little bit behind. Um, but that added element with his legs does give us another dimension that's exciting and, and, and just really fun to watch. And as long as this team can stay healthy, <laughs> given what they have right now, and I know that's a problem that we've had all season, I think they are 100% in consideration for the NFC North title. Yeah, I, I think Josh Dobbs, like I've said, is is good enough to captain this offense and this team. This is the best situation that he's been in in his entire Ever. career. Like He's been set up to not look good his whole life. He was a third stringer. Then he was on what Tennessee? He was Tennessee. He was and not during the good years. Yeah, during the when Tennessee, then when they were bad. Then the Cardinals, and now the Vikings. We, I mean, you guys, you guys. Oh, I wanted him. <laughs> we had our choice between him and Mason Rudolph as the third stringer. We cut one, we keep one. We kept Mason Rudolph, and I was not for that. I've always liked Josh Dobbs. My dad um, looked at me when Jordan Addison had one of his several great catches today. He just looked at me and said, "My God, when Jefferson gets back and Osborne, how do you stop this offense?" And it's, it's hard to it's hard yeah. to. and i'll i'll just say like credit to casey adofa mensa and kevin o'connell here i know you mentioned o'connell but they've made a lot of good decisions right a lot of vikings fans were mad that we let dalvin cook walk during the offseason well then he demanded a trade from the jets because they won't give him a look of playing time and ty chandler is breaking out people were thinking that the season might be over when kurt got hurt we did what the jets wouldn't right we traded for dobbs and o'connell to his credit remade the offense pretty significantly O'Connell's very been quickly s- sensational this year like it's it's good to see some cooperation between the gm and the head coach and that leaves me confident of what this team can do going into the future which makes me even happier to just push the chips in and compete now see what happens gosh what a what a weird spot to be in from six weeks ago i mean the viking yeah, what, the, the vikings one were one and four, four. talking about the number one pick <laughs> What, one plant? and four, we're like, yeah, we got to sell Kirk here, and then Jefferson, the we got to trade Jefferson, maybe. And we now, all said, I said, blow it up completely, go two and two and fifteen, and I, pick number. The Vikings still like to blow it up. No, we're we're, at, we're, we're too average, man. No, look, <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be the five C, hey, lose, hey, it'll be a cycle. You said it. I didn't. Hey, hey no, no. <laughs> this this it's on. Super Bowl's on. Super Bowl is yeah, on. Why wouldn't it be? You have to believe. You know where else it's on? Okay, let's go to Jack. Our next oh, let's go to Jack. Oh, oh no! I uh, I look at the contenders. I'm going to Pittsburgh versus Green Bay, and shocking. I look at the contenders in the AFC. I see the Kansas City Chiefs who are seven and two. I see the Dolphins who are six and three. People talk about the Ravens. They're seven and three with a loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. People are talking about the Browns. They're six and three also. Jags are six and three. The Pittsburgh Steelers are sitting here at six and three, second place in the AFC North, beating Green Bay today. And it was funny. We scored 17 points and a half. And, and I'm like, guys, you know, slow down. Like, we're not supposed to do this. We're supposed to win like 13 7. Like, pump the brakes. What are we doing? And they Looking got, too good here. And, and, and they got my message because then there's only six points in the second half. Looked a bit sluggish. Green Bay came back, could have won the game. And just typical fashion, you know, uh, you know what's going to happen? 23 19. Our defense has to make a stop. Jordan loves getting down the field late and uh, a big interception. Actually, two big interceptions late. And I'm like, here we go again. That's what we do. We win these games. 
Is that is that not exactly how we predicted <laughs> like, this game? Like, like in, in the preview show, exactly what we said is this game is you know the Steelers should win this, and eventually what will happen is at home things break the Steelers' Dude, way I, I and said, they find ways to win. I said this is going to be the game where we show up and we blow them out, and it looked like that at first. Go on the field, seven zip, but then Jordan, you know Love, who you are. Jordan Love answers right back at seven seven. Uh, but yeah, we scraped by, got it done, and do what we do. Six and three. Can't Here's why you shouldn't believe what Jack just said. I want to read you two texts that he sent during this email <laughs> chat. Quote, Jordan Love is so good. Then several seconds later, if we can survive this game, we're the real deal. Hey. I'm sorry. I, I respect the Steelers. I respect that y'all are six and three. I respect that after the Ravens collapse, you're now in the running for the division. But Jordan Love is not that good. He looked pretty good today. Yeah, I will say he he played all right, right? And there was yeah, he made some throws. I'm like, dang, he hasn't made those all season. And I don't want to put it just on him, right? There were a few times, I think, particularly in the second quarter, there were a couple of times when his receivers really let him down. There was like a third and ten, and he got it right in Watson's hands, like nine yards down the field, and Watson just drops it. Like there were definitely a few of those moments, but. Given that the Packers are a three and six team, and I don't know, do you guys really think the Packers are all that much better than three and six? I think I actually taking a look. I don't think they're all that much better, but they can probably be five and four if a few things. I, I, I think so. Really that's bad. right, but they're three and six against a schedule that includes the Bears, the Falcons, the Raiders, the Broncos, the weirdest Rams game I've ever seen, the Steelers. Like they haven't played a juggernaut schedule. No, no, yeah, they, they are not a very good football team. So I'm pumping the brakes a little bit. I will say one thing that looked really different. This reminds me a lot of last year of the Steelers. Somehow it seems like in the middle of the year, like things just come alive on offense and they decide to start running different plays. We saw Jalen Warren actually get some utilization. Oh, we saw some yeah, great. He was today. great. He today. was. I, I, that was one takeaway I had was he is just he's so good. I said beginning of the year he's. Better than Najee yeah. Harris. Sure. A lot of Steelers fans, it seems like, have felt that way. Yeah. Sorry, Ziggy, I cut you off. No, it's just that you were seeing him. You were seeing creative formations. Like, all of the stuff you've wanted to see all year finally happened a little bit. If the Steelers do that, they don't ask too much from Kenny Pickett. They just take care of business and let this defense ride. I mean, y'all got y'all got a bunch of winnable games left on the schedule. The division's in play. The division, yeah. and you need the division too, because can't you just see? I, like, if you guys are a wild card, you're gonna go on the road and get rocked by someone. I mean, not only we exploded today. And <laughs> you'd say three points. We had twenty-three points. Twenty-three we, points. We twenty points. If we explode like this, I mean, the, it, we're tough to beat. Imagine, imagine if Kenny Pickett gets 127 <laughs> passing yards. Today it was just 126. I looked. I looked. Um, <laughs> right. Exactly. During his post-game interview, I looked, and you know what? We, we again. I know we're kind of joking around here, but the Steelers are finding ways to win, and they're good enough where. Yeah, they make like they make plays at the end of games. They make Patrick Peterson, even though he gets burnt last year. Same thing with Vikings. He makes plays at the end of the, of the game to win. But I looked at the post game interview with Pickett. I just see fourteen for 23, 126 yards, zero touchdowns. So like, oh my god, like, game manager. It, no, he, he is. Game he is. And, and Tomlin it, was right when he said in in one of his interviews in the fourth quarter he shows up and makes big play after big play. But at home in Pittsburgh, if you guys miraculously win this division. It's hard oh, to win in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it is. Things so break, you can actually no, win a playoff away. game or two. It's, you know, everyone plays better at home, but you guys, it seem, you seem to have something no, there. Things just break our way. If things go your yeah, way. Things go our way. And, and it's there for the taking right now. It was, you know what's funny? So the game was 23-19. We had a third down. And Pickett completes a, a long pass to Pickens. And we're going to take a knee because that was the game. But it was too good to be true. 
it's got to be some drama. So there was an offensive pass interference. Naturally. So we don't get the first down. We punt the ball back. Jordan Love throws a beautiful ball. Oh, the like, one, the one, the deep ball, right? Yeah, down the forty like yard, thirty to yard line. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> every single week, yeah, this is, every week, you're like is, us. This is the second straight week now we've picked the ball off in the end zone as time has expired to win the game. You're like the Vikings last year. You, yeah, you are us you're finding ways to just get, to get it done. We go, to, yeah. we go now back to back weeks to Cleveland and Cincinnati. So uh, yeah, but we'll, if you win we'll those games, you're gonna you might win the division. Like hey, and we've talked about these AFC North games. They're we'll all see. they're both on the road or both on the road. Yeah. Well, I will say this, right? Here's one thing that I like about the Steelers. I think uh, Cam Hayward put it well after the game. He said, these might be ugly games for y'all, but these are beautiful games for us. And like as much as this is sort of a cliche, the fact is when you're playing a very different style of football, it can be tough for teams to come in and adjust when they're playing your game. I think this is part of why going to Pittsburgh is so hard. It's just the yeah. atmosphere is set. You have to play ball the Steelers way and nobody in the NFL with the exception of just a couple teams can really handle the like, we're just going to do a bunch of three and outs and punts and have TJ Watt run at your face every single play. Just a disgusting game. Like, like. When uh, today, when before I guess we move on to, the, to this game next, it'll be a good setup, I guess. Uh, but when when Baltimore went up 14, nothing uh, with that long touchdown run by the, the back there, I'm like, how on earth? earth do we beat this team and then my dad's like a weird crap happens inside these no walls. no it, it, it does and if you guys are the four seed or something i'm just yeah, looking at these know. teams you know like miami or buffalo goes into pittsburgh the chargers the oh we'd murk the fins in pittsburgh <laughs> if we're over well, 500 one last thing them. one last thing before we go to zach's game i wanted to just mention the packers for for a second here um, and I mentioned this during the C.J. Stroud portion, where C.J. Stroud keeps getting the job done on game-winning drives. The Packers have had opportunities against Atlanta, against the Raiders, against the Broncos, now against the Steelers. They've had the ball with a chance to win the game. And I'm pretty sure three of them, the Raiders, Broncos, and Steelers, all ended in game-losing interceptions from Jordan Love. And the Falcons game as well, we remember that. And, and the Falcons won, to be fair, there were a couple bad drops and stuff for Packers players. But... They've had their chance to where if you, I know it's, we're asking, talking a lot of games here, but if you flip those close games, like the Packers record would be a lot better than three and six right now. It's just, they can't, I don't think it's necessarily horrible for Green Bay actually to be losing for draft position and stuff. But Jordan Love did at times look really good. His no, first I mean, touchdown to the back right corner, I turned around and said, yeah. holy crap, that was a beautiful, beautiful ball. I mean, the, um, the Steelers' secondary is, is not great, and we know that. It's their Achilles' heel, but he uh, made, too soon. He, he made too soon. Ah, yeah, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, but no, he made throws today, and I had some drives and put balls in some spots that he hasn't really done this year. Like I thought he played well. It's all there part. with him. It, it really is there. It's just a matter of figuring it out. And yeah, it's a waiting game still. One way to transition this, since we're talking about the division, you know what the Steelers' rest of schedule looks like. Yeah, no, it's easy, right? Yeah, so the Steelers' rest of schedule is pretty easy, right? So, admittedly, they've like got Baltimore, like they've got Baltimore and Cleveland, but otherwise, they've got the Bengals twice, the Seahawks, the Colts, the Cardinals, and the Patriots. So now that's not exactly easy. Three but here's who Baltimore left. has left: San Francisco, Jacksonville, Miami, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Chargers, and Rams. 
that's yeah, that's I mean, a lot yeah, if you look at strength of schedule right it's significantly easier for the Steelers and after what we saw for the Ravens today I think you got to wonder how they're going to hang in those games can you imagine if we see the Texans and Steelers winning their divisions I that parlay oh that was my you go back to our pre uh our, our preseason hot take episode I said Steelers at five to one win the AFC North I don't know I, I, we're, we're yeah we're 10 games in i still don't know or nine games in. i don't know who's winning this division hey i still feel great about my my 10 plus wins for each team in that division which is unbelievable if it happens big browns went today for that yeah zach where are you going oh, we're going where you guys said that baltimore would absolutely wallop yeah we did the browns but you know what i said i said i just want deshaun watson on my fantasy team <laughs> he will get it done. I've also said that it's halfway through the year, and Lamar Jackson halfway through the year just flips a switch and doesn't play Horrendous anymore. Horrendous pick six. Lost in the game. That yeah, pick six. Uh, look, I believe that halfway through the season, something in Lamar Jackson flips, and they just crumble. Are we a Steelers pod? At uh, times. I think sure. At the start of that game, when Hamilton, I think it was the second play of the game, Kyle Hamilton had the batted pass interception touchdown, which, you know, good friend of the pod, Kyle. Uh, when Kyle did that, I thought, okay, here we go. This the, the route is on. 17-3 at the end of the first quarter. And Lamar Jackson's looking great. The defense looks ferocious. I was genuinely stunned when Cleveland came back and won this mm-hmm. game. A- every single thing that happened blew my mind except for the missed extra point because that was such a Browns thing to do. Other than that, I could not believe... Uh, like, Look at the end of this game. <laughs> Ravens touchdown... Uh, Cleveland answers with a touchdown, then the interception to cut it to one. And ultimately, Deshaun Watson leads a game-winning drive, 12 plays, 58 yards, a little under five minutes. And this time they hit the field goal. Cleveland's one, another one of these teams. They're really weird. Kind of like, I mean, a little bit like Tampa Bay earlier in the year. But Cleveland right now can show up and beat anybody. But it also yeah. feels like they can lose to anyone. You never know what Browns team you're going to get. Uh, but here they are at six and three, a game back of ba- a half game back of Baltimore in the AFC North. Where, where, where do you stand on Cleveland? Do you actually compared to the Ravens and Bengals? How threatened are you by the Browns? Well, I'll, I'll get to that in, in a sec. But it's just funny how uh, it's we're talking about the, these two teams' defenses on the whole preview show last time, and it's thirty three thirty one. But ultimately, it is that Cleveland defense who makes a massive play late, the pick six. Then they stop Baltimore yet again, get the ball back, and win the game. Yeah. So Cleveland defense in the end, those last couple drives, stepped up big time, really pressured Lamar, made him uncomfortable, and uh, and pulled it out. But this, I I really don't know. I, I'd probably be the most threatened by Cincinnati out of those three teams because we have unreal numbers, for whatever reason, against Lamar Jackson. Like we show up and we and we, we give him a hard time. History will will back that up. Cleveland, we own them. We're their father. We always find a way against them. <laughs> but what Cincinnati has just done in recent years, what they're capable of doing, I think their ceiling is the highest out of the three. They came into Pittsburgh last year and beat us. They've gone far in the playoffs the last few years. They're still the king of the AFC North because of that. So all three teams, solid. I wouldn't want to play them. Ziggy, but I'd say Cincinnati is the biggest threat. You have to be feeling pretty good right now because you are high on the Browns. You had them winning the division this offseason back in August on the prediction show. And they've won four of their last five. It was starting to get a little murky for the Browns early this year. Before their last five wins, including 
win over San Francisco. Now a win over Baltimore on the road comeback. Like you, you have to be feeling pretty good about that pick, right? Yeah. So what they enter the bye and they played five games since then. Three of those they started a backup quarterback. None of them have they had their Hall of Fame running back. They haven't even been able to figure out whether their quarterback is willing to play football or not. And there's been reports coming out of the locker room that like there's friction, people aren't happy. And they've won four of them, like you said. I don't know what to make of this team, right? I would have thought losing Nick Chubb. I would have thought Deshaun Watson playing something awful. I would have thought Browns moments, like missing the game-tying extra point, would hold this team Such back. a Browns thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it's just, once you see that, right? I Once I saw that, I was ready to mortgage my house on the Ravens' money line. Because, like, surely if the Browns are this cursed, they've got three backup offensive linemen this game like it's, against no the most ferocious game. defense oh, it was, in the it was, NFL. It was shocking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's just something weird about this team where they keep finding ways to win against the best teams they play, right? Like if you're against, um, if you're against the Seahawks, you better watch out. But if it's the 49ers or the Ravens, this Browns team has you covered. So I don't know what to make of them. I don't know how to make sense of things. Here's what I know. In an NFL where scoring is down across the board, now's the best time in like the past five years to have an elite defense with a mediocre offense. It's where the Browns find themselves now. I don't know. This team's starting to look dangerous. Even if they don't actually look dangerous, any play they are on the field, when you zoom out and look at what they've done across the whole season, yeah, it's a dangerous team. This this is the kind of win that can propel a big push here towards the playoff for, for Cleveland because think about the first time they played Baltimore in Cleveland. And I know PJ Walker played that game. They got housed yeah. and they got embarrassed in their building. That was surprising. And that's, that's what it looked like was about to happen again in Baltimore to be able to gut this one out and overcome everything that happened different. Like, you know, the early interception, the, the missed extra point, all of this crazy stuff happens. And yet they find a way to win against who everyone was calling probably the best team in football midway through the third quarter in this game. And and now when you look at what they have coming up, it's Denver, LA, Jacksonville at home, Chicago, the Texans, the Jets before a game with the Bengals. Like it's all there again for the Browns too to go on a run here. I think a win like this is exactly what they needed. And Deshaun Watson was kind of up and down on the day, but in big moments made big plays. It's uh in in this AFC, in this this league, like you said right now, Ziggy. The Browns have as much a chance as anyone. It's funny when when Baltimore just starts to have every... They're pulling in everybody. This could be the best team in the league. This could, this could be who wins the Super Bowl. This is what they, they do. They tend to lose at home. They, they do this, yeah. I remember when Nick Chubb went down week two. I'm like, this team... They look dysfunctional. Like, Watson looked bad. I'm like, this team revolves around Nick Chubb. They're going to be nothing without Nick Chubb. This is a 5-12 and 12 team without Nick Chubb. And it's just crazy how nobody comes back from down 14 points in Baltimore and finds a way to win the game. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's, it's like Jekyll and Hyde, these guys. And, the, and the, uh, Baltimore, too, only 100 rushing yards in this game after, you know, they 300 and a week ago. And that's how they tend to kill you is on the ground. And Cleveland monitored that. He and Mitchell, and by the way, he's, yeah. he's going to be a weapon for them down the stretch for the Ravens. He thinks for me being the Gus Edwards owner. Yeah. In yeah. Sorry, Ziggy. I was just going to say, with respect to the Browns, like credit to their coaching staff. I get that things haven't always been good, but it says something about a team when they can be this resilient, right? Again, like being in Baltimore, the crowd's into it. You're down a bunch. Like things just haven't been good for this team all year and they keep sticking it out. 
even though Deshaun Watson's in a walking boot now, right? He's probably not going to play next week. If it weren't for the fact that it was the Steelers going to Cleveland, I think I think they maybe they win. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, and they, they they could still win that game. They beat the 49ers. In Cleveland. Chris, you you taking the Steelers in that game? You guys' attention on that one? Oh, I mean, the Steelers own the. I, we, we you said father. it over and over again. That answer was, was question before. We're their yeah. father. How about how about one more game here before we wrap it up? Share one neat fact. Please. Roquan Smith has written himself into the Baltimore Ravens linebacker record book. Uh, he had 21 combined tackles today. He's so That's good. the most by any Ravens player ever. He had 14 solo tackles, which tied Ray Lewis for the most tackles in a solo tackles in a franchise game. So Roquan Smith has been great for them. But uh, Ray Lewis, I guess, had better watch out because Roquan's coming for his record. Well, so, and, and Ravens team is absurd. Yeah, the the Ravens, Ravens fans also shouldn't. Shouldn't worry or anything like that. No. Again, their team, their team is awesome. Yeah. They're probably the best team in football right now. It's just the concern we have with them is when they when they start to lay an egg, it can fall off the tracks. Like they they really can quickly. And this was you know weird interception return touchdown stuff like that that doesn't normally happen. But they're not like they are prone over these past few years to have that bad game, and it, it happens in Baltimore too. So that's still the concern for the playoffs. But this team, I think, I still think they're the best team in the league. Yeah, when this game ended, all I was thinking about was how good it was for the Browns. I don't yeah. think twice about the Ravens. Yeah, they're and the totally Browns' fine. defense is fantastic. Yeah, Baltimore, Baltimore is just fine. fine. But this was a chance to really grab a nice firm hold on on. Because it would have been eight and two on the North, and so now they're only. I mean, to a degree, up. but like with with Cincinnati losing, beating Cleveland, you know. It would have been a great opportunity here. It's a bad one to let slip away. Last game we're going to talk about here from the 1 o'clock games. It was awesome how all the 1 o'clock games were the games that we really wanted to watch this week. Yeah. So it also made for kind of tough viewing sometimes because we're trying to follow five different games. But one of them that you actually were able to turn off by you know, midway through the third quarter was San Francisco and the Jaguars, which played out at least, I didn't see 34-3 coming. But I did see a big bounce back spot for for the 49ers. And for everyone who is so worried about Brock Purdy saying, oh, man, maybe he lost it. And three losses in a row here, 19 for 26, nearly 300 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, he was great most of the day. A couple throws here and there that, uh, you know, I thought that first touchdown to Ayuk was a little a little fortunate. But he had one that Kittle deep ball as he's getting crushed on the money. I mean, San Francisco's defense for all the concerns people have had completely shut down an offense that has been rolling a team that has won five straight games. San Francisco, to me, bounced back in a big way. Um, I, I think they're only going to keep getting better. The bye came at perfect. a perfect time because you lose three in a row. You're skidding a little bit. But this team is so good on both sides of the ball. In my eyes, the second best team in the NFC. Really no question. Arguably the first. And when you have that bye week, when you're skidding a little bit, you can it's, you can rejuvenate. You can be like, all right, we are way too good to be doing this. Let's get back on track. Let's get it done. So Jacksonville caught them at a really, really bad spot. Yeah. Like they were going in two opposite directions. Jacksonville's content at winning five in a row. San Fran's coming in hungry. Kind of like a must With win game. Everyone in their ear, too. Everyone's saying that they stink and if they lose this game, then and it's going to go off the like rails. We've touched on this. Jacksonville, although they do lead the league in, uh, in takeaways. They're one of the bottom teams in pass defense. So this was a game for Brock Purdy to really get right, and he really did. And I, I was I was impressed with the way they thrashed him like that. But it 
to me, this was this separated what a Super Bowl contender looks like versus a team whose ceiling is probably early in the playoffs, like a divisional round game. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Ziggy, I know yeah, you picked Jacksonville, right? Yeah, uh, boy, was that a mistake. <laughs> um, you know, I sometimes take swings in the game pick. Sometimes it just goes wrong. I don't think it this was is now I'm going to take. It wasn't no, I, was, I'm, I was blown up at a 30-point game. I did not see that coming. Yeah, who who had this as 34-3? to three? I mean, this is embarrassing. And let me tell you, it's got to be so nice to play for the 49ers. Just like you, every road game you go to, your fans swarm the stadium. It's insane. Like, yeah, after the game, insane. George Kittle and Chase Young were just sort of out hyping up the crowd. And, like, the crowd was loud after a 34-3 to three home loss. <laughs> because of how excited all the 49ers fans were like that's got to be great and then you look and you can see the 49ers made some smart moves they didn't panic yeah Christian McCaffrey's touchdown streak gets broken but I want to talk about the defense for a second mm-hmm. the play that stood out to me that really made me think this team was going to be dangerous it was 10 to 0 like 13 and a half minutes left in the second quarter the Jaguars had the ball like second and 12 and this is like Jaguars the Jaguars are trying to respond, right, and get a good play together. Chase Young off the edge, tangles up Trevor Lawrence. Nick Bosa, his former Ohio State teammate, just pops the ball out and falls on it. It was good to see these guys back. I don't think – I think people have forgotten just how good they were together in college. It's exciting to see what this pass rush is going to be able to do, but it looked completely different. And it's not so the Jaguars' offensive line has been bad or they've given up a million pressures. I think the pass rush is just going to be that good. Chase Young might be the happiest man in America. It was, yeah, he's, <laughs> he, he, he might be the happiest man it, in the he NFL right Washington, now. Washington, he's like, what are they doing over in Washington? I have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, no, and then he comes over and now joins you know an elite defense, elite team and, contending for a Super Bowl with Nick Bosa on the other side to take away a lot of the pressure. It, you can't ask for a better spot. The Niners... They were starting to hear a little bit of of yapping about this defense and how they're paid so high and they're let, they can't get to the quarterback. They're struggling a bit and they just quieted all that today. What four t- four turnovers against teams won five games in a row, made them like a high school five sacks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars though too. Again, kind of fitting that narrative at least that Jack and I said where we felt that they're a good football team and have had, you know, had really good wins this year. They've, they've beaten some good football teams, but at the end of the day, when it comes down to that big game, I still don't think that they're quite there yet. And they, they'll probably get there eventually. Trevor Lawrence, is a really good quarterback ETN. It's a good offense uh, and the defense is also pretty good, but they're just not able, they weren't able to make enough plays today at all. It looked like I, I kept looking over to the game and seeing Lawrence getting blasted as he's throwing it like tip passes uh, it still feels like they're a little bit off they're going to contend for the AFC South they might even host a playoff game but yeah divisional round feels like the cap for Jacksonville despite having you know a very talented team great coach and Doug Peterson I mean Chase Young is Monster. a he's is such a huge difference maker I remember it was either him or Nick Bosa one of those two guys said that their mentality back at Ohio State was this is a race to the quarterback. Let's see who can get here first. Let's see who can force more turnovers, get more sacks. And this is just so good for each other now, and this D-line as a whole. This is a huge, huge upgrade. He's also been so quiet for the past, like, what, two years? Last year, I'm trying to remember, you know, all these players, you get confused sometimes. But Young, I think last year he was injured a lot of the season. And he's been dealing with injuries his whole career. But 
he came onto the scene and it was so such a public guy, you know, smack, like crazy sack numbers. And for the past few years, it's been like, okay, Chase Young is there and he's really good, but hasn't played a lot. It's been a little quieter. And now to have, like, you might have forgotten just how good he is. The monster. He's one of those guys, if you go down pregame and look, Chase Young is someone who you're like, holy crap, yeah, that's that's a dude. He's like yeah. Daniil Hunter. I had that when I went to a Viking game. Chase Young's one of those guys. When you pair him with what they have already on that San Francisco defense, he's going to be amazing. No, but it's for even, po- even possible. He elevates this San Francisco defense. He makes them completely better. does. Yeah. Completely does. Yeah. He's going to be it's crazy. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think you could have known this when you saw the beginning of the game. Every single week, the 49ers walk out of like a boom box and have some guys bust a move for like their entrance. And this week, they decide to center three people who were all coming back in their own way Debo, Trent Williams, and Chase Young. And you see Chase Young just like dapping up Debo Samuel and like getting hyped up on the sideline as the 49ers crowd is going wild. Yeah, running out to a And it's just like, (laughs) these people are screwed. So I don't know if I'm Baker Mayfield and like somebody sends, you know, I just beat the Titans 20 to six. I'm feeling pretty good. I check my phone, like go down and realize like, oh, shoot, I have to go to San Francisco next week and play against this team. You know, I don't know. I might just develop a shoulder injury. You know, (laughs) It's like me in the first first cross country meet of uh, high school freshman year. I was like, yeah, you know, coach, I feel like my hamstrings a little tight right now. He's like, yeah, you suck. We don't need you yeah, anyway. You go ahead, take off. The, uh, the the Jaguars. You have to imagine watch like Trevor Lawrence watching that them come out and having the crowd go nuts for the 49ers must be like, oh, here we go again. It's horrendous. And I saw it in Pittsburgh. It was in Minnesota in too. On Monday Pittsburgh. Night Football, it was pretty. It was it, a lot of insane. a lot of 49ers fans. Crazy. And yeah, you guys travel as well as anyone. Yeah, we're the best, one of the best home fields out there in San Francisco. Over. <laughs> well, all right, that'll be, I think that's pretty good for a reaction show right there. Five games. Zach is giving us the nod that it's, it's probably yeah, time yeah, to wrap Zach's, it Zach's up ready here. To go. Ready to go. We, uh, we will see you later this week with some week 11 predictions, maybe a little bit more week 10 recap and the Jack cap again, now going for eight straight. We're not going to get greedy. A lot of people would say, Hey, let's try and get this to 10. Let's just get to eight. Game by game. One, one at know a each time. week. One and know each one week. One at a time. Follow the bets. Look on the Sharps app with us. And we will see you in a couple days.